Appreciate you coming. Appreciate you being in church tonight. Here I am. Um, appreciate you being here. I don't know what that chehu part means. It must mean something. Praise God in the Cook Island language or something. But uh, <laughs> either way, that's uh, that was fun. So uh, thanks for that. Um, and we're going to have a good time tonight. God's going to help us. Uh, I really feel that uh, God is going to move. He's going to speak to us. Uh, last night talked about being trapped in spiritual Neverland. Uh, spiritually immature, never growing, getting to that next level. We wanted to start the revival with that because if we get our soul right, we get that area of who we are aligned and correct, then everything else will flow, right? We talked about not just doing practical things to be a Christian, but to have that revelation that brings conversion, the revelation that we're sinners in need of a Savior. Uh, if you weren't here last night, well, that's the message for you right now before we start anything else. You need a Savior. Your sin separating you from God. Uh, this morning, appreciate the men that came out. It was a good time with some of the guys from the church here uh, in Bean Lee. Uh, and I know that we're going to keep building and progressing as we continue through this revival. Um, but I just want to, again, thank Pastor Bobby and Zara for their friendship and the invitation to come and be a part of uh, the Beanley Church, just to, to experience what God's doing here. Uh, it really is a privilege, and it really does mean a lot that I get to come and, uh, and just ha catch a glimpse of, of the work of God here. We sang that worship song, This Is A Move. Uh, and sometimes you really can sometimes take for granted a move of God. And, you know, the Beanley Church, it, it is a move of God. It's a supernatural work. It's an incredible thing to observe from a distance. Uh, that baby's crying out with joy for Jesus. Um, <laughs> But tonight, uh, I know that God really will speak to us if we'll open our hearts. So I want to encourage you to do that. Let's open our hearts and open our Bibles as well to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm going to get Hemi at the back there just to bring me a bit of a prop, a bit of an illustration, uh, just to paint a bit of a picture for um, illustration purposes tonight. This is a fishing rod, obviously, with a lure on the end of it, and real hooks. And, and so I'm just going to launch this in the fr into the crowd. Whoever it hits uh, is blessed by the Lord. Uh, <laughs> some churches do that. I'm not even joking. They, they, they split tennis balls open, breathe into them, throw them into the crowd like grenades. Wherever they land, everyone gets slain in the spirit. Yeah, that's the church world weird right some of you are like that's what I'm here for well um, you're in the wrong church all right uh, maybe this will hit you intentionally in the eye no uh, I'm joking all right uh, cut the live feed please I don't want to get sued <laughs> this is a, a fishing rod this is a lure on the end of it if you are a fisherman unlike me uh, what you'll know is that the lure its purpose is to what lure in fish Fish come along and they see the shiny, glittery, they see the color and they think it's an easy meal, right? They, they swim up, they have a bit of a glance, a bit of a look and they think, if, if I can just sink my teeth into that, I'll be satisfied today. If I can get a piece of that in me, I'll be good. That's what they think, right? I've studied this. That's what they're probably thinking right and and as they swim towards it they're they're seeing the shiny scales on the lure they're seeing the colors flickering in the light lures come in different shapes and sizes for different purposes but the 
overall intention with the lure is what? It's to lure in a fish, distract them from the deadly hooks that are right there. And when they get close and they take a bite because they're distracted, it can cost them their life. They can die. They can end up on your barbecue with some lemon and pepper and some fish and chips. You, can, you know what I'm talking about. They end up dead. And what was it that caused their death? Distraction. They didn't see the hooks. All they saw was an easy meal. All they saw was the shiny, glittery scales. It's a lure and its intention is to distract and then rob life. I'm going to get Hemi. Can you grab this carefully? I'm going to, I was going to put it there, but when people get saved at the end, I don't want them to get hurt. If it falls on them. And just like that, spiritually, distraction is a great enemy to the disciple of Jesus. Distraction really is, I believe, the greatest enemy of discipleship and our spiritual growth. We're disciples of Jesus. We really believe that our churches are built on discipleship. That's what we believe in. We want to reach the world and make disciples. Why? Because we came up with a great idea. No, because we're following Jesus's pattern. It's what he told us to do. Go into all the world and make disciples. And the greatest enemy to our discipleship and our spiritual growth is distraction. How many know we can go through life and just like this lure that's dangling before these guys in the front row, there can be alluring distractions that pop up from time to time with the intention of enticing us, but ultimately distract us from a hook that can cost us our life, can draw us in and cost us our calling, cost us our purpose. Tonight, this is the hope though. Through recognition, we can push past the enemy and we can move into the life that God has for us. That's what we want, right? That's why we're here on a Saturday night. We want to enter into the life that God has for us. Well, listen, you need to identify you need to recognize when something's a distraction, when something is luring you away from the life that God has for you. Listen, again, like I said last night, being tempted, it's not sin. But when you bite that lure, when you pursue it and you chase it like it's a priority, that's when you're going to cost yourself life. That's when you're going to cost yourself destiny. That's when you're going to cost yourself discipleship many lures have destroyed marriages many lures have seen young people walk out the doors of the church never to return many lures have caused people to forsake great calling and destiny and abandon potential it's a distraction and it's costly so i want to talk tonight about the enemy of discipleship and we're going to focus on distraction. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2, the writer says these words, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We're going to talk about the enemy of discipleship and I'm going to pray. Join with me. Father, tonight we come before you again asking that you would move supernaturally in our midst, God. We're not here just for some intellectual reasoning or some sort of uh, uh, thought processing or information discussion. We're here to be transformed, God, in the inside. God, we need your spirit to break down every wall right now. God, we need your word, God, to come alive, to be more than words on paper spoken through a man. We need you to move upon the heart of every individual. God, expose the lures right now. God, expose every lie of the devil, every distraction that wants to rob us of the great things that you have in store. And let us cut the line and move away from that lure into the destiny that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, discipleship is all about the process of being shaped to be like Christ. Did you know that? No, it's not. Discipleship is just me wearing a tie in the church and doing what my pastor says. No, it's not. I don't know why you have that thought. Discipleship is all about being like Jesus being like Christ, being shaped like Christ. A disciple is a student, a pupil, a devoted follower, not just a casual fan, not just a guy who sits in the distance and observes as a casual spectator, but a disciple is a follower. They are devoted to pursuing a teacher. And who's our teacher? Jesus. We are disciples. But the reality is, distractions and diversions and preoccupations they are the enemy to that process they are the enemy to the discipleship process they really are and the reality is we need to identify this we need to grasp this if we're going to defeat it we always say right a devil exposed is a devil defeated if you know who your enemy is you are equipped to beat your enemy Many times we live our Christian experience and we journey on our Christian faith completely oblivious to the lures, completely oblivious to the devil's tactics. The Word of God gives us all of the information we need to be equipped and victorious. And I'm here to declare to us tonight, you're a disciple of Jesus if you're born again and you're following him. And one of the tactics of the enemy is to distract you from that process. To do all that he can to put lures before you that will take you away from being a follower of Jesus, a student of Jesus, an imitator of Jesus. Why? Because when you follow Jesus, he leads you to purpose. I wish I had more than Hemi to be on my team tonight. Come on. When you are a student of Jesus and an imitator of Jesus, you begin to shine his light in a dark world. You begin to take hope into hopeless places and there is restoration and recovery because you take a message of good news, the gospel, and the devil will do all that he can to put lures before you to stop that process. That's what being a disciple is all about. Discipleship is about laying down the old life and beginning to replace who you used to be with who God is calling you to be so that you can be effective eternally. And the devil's going to do all that he can even right now to distract you from that process. Some of you had to get past distractions just to be in church tonight. Praise God you're here. I'm grateful for that. But the distractions won't stop the moment you leave tonight. 
there are going to be distractions that immediately begin to stop you from making it to church tomorrow morning. Hey, you available for the shift? Triple time. Isn't it normally double time, triple time for you, sis? <laughs> Distraction. Oh, but I can tithe more if I, if I work. Yeah, but you'll miss out on what God has for you in church. It's a distraction. Think about your mobile phone. How good are they? Right? They're incredibly helpful. Some of you can solve the world's problems while sitting on the toilet because you got one of them. <laughs> Pay all your bills, mortgage, text your auntie in the islands, FaceTime, hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> your phone is beneficial. You can do so much from it. You know that your mobile phone has 30 times the processing power and speed to the computer that guided Apollo 11 to the moon. 30 times the processing power and speed of that computer that guided a rocket to the moon. That's incredible. You have the power right there. But did you know these things about the mobile phone as well? 64% of people check their phone within 30 seconds of waking up. Some of you probably sleep with your phone on your forehead just in case someone Snapchats you. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. Someone DMs you on Instagram at 3 a.m., you've got to respond straight away. 30 seconds, 64% of people check their mobile phone and then they continue checking it on average every 3.5 minutes until they go to bed at night. That's depressing. But that's our generation. If you want to really scare yourself, turn on the notification that sends you how long you've been on your phone on a daily average and where you spend your time on your phone. If you want to kind of be really convicted, turn that on and, and just monitor for yourself. Don't tell anyone. I'm not asking you to shame yourself. But just do it just, just for fun and conviction purposes. It's horrifying. I don't know how to disable it. It just pops up. And mine pops up every Sunday morning as well. At like at 9.30 when I'm in prayer before our service. It's like, boom, spent 17 hours on YouTube. It's like, well, that's not true. That was Jade's phone. Uh, but, but it's convicting just to see. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm sending emails and following up on new people. No, you're not. You're distracted. You know, millennials have been found to spend six hours a day on social media platforms. Six hours a day? It's a lot of scrolling. No wonder your thumb has a six-pack. <laughs> let's break that down because, you know, Bobby witnessed to me in maths class, so let's, let's go back to maths. If you spend six hours a day on social media platforms, that's 2,190 hours or 91 full days on social media a year. So say you have social media at 15 and you are spending that much time on social media until you turn 70 years old, you know, as a grandmother posting all those pictures of grandchildren. So from 15 to 70 and you now pass away at age 85, well, what would have happened is you would have spent a total of 18 full years just on social media. Break that down now into the, the time that you lived on earth, 85 years. You just spent 20% of your life 
on social media. 20% of your life liking the shoes that they bought, commenting on them snowboarding down a mountain, coveting after other people's things. Some of you going down paths of pornography because you were checking out those chicks and it opened up a can of worms and jumped over to a different site to get your satisfaction. Oh, that got deep real quick, didn't it? (laughs) But 20% of your life, distracted. Phones aren't evil, but my point is this, distractions, they keep us away from things. There are six times more car crashes because people are on their mobile phone than there are car crashes attributed to drink driving. 270 people die every single year while taking the perfect selfie. They literally lose their life while trying to take a selfie. You know what's really sad? Is when you go out and you're ordering a meal and maybe you're getting takeaway, you're in a hurry and you see a a couple on a date And they're both just looking at their phone instead of communicating to each other. Isn't that sad? What's even sadder is I've seen this. The girl is sitting there dolled up looking beautiful. And the man is on his phone. And she's just sitting there looking at him. But he's too busy and preoccupied with the sports score. Probably checking out some other chick. Let's be honest. Then actually engaging in human interaction. Isn't that sad? And again, phones aren't evil. But distractions will keep us from relationships. They'll keep us from productivity. Ultimately, distractions will keep us from God. They'll keep us from God. You see, the devil loves distraction because distraction is the enemy of discipleship. Distraction will stop you from coming to pre-service prayer. Pastor Bobby said tonight, service, 10.30, 6 p.m. We have an hour of prayer beforehand. I wonder how many people will tarry for an hour to use Jesus' words. Stroll in two minutes before church. Ready to be fed. Better be a good message today. And it better be quick because KFC is calling. (laughs) That's how we treat church sometimes. We're a bunch of consumers, right? Distraction will keep you from reading God's word. You know what? After this episode, I'm just so going to get into the book of Matthew. 17 episodes later, it's been three days. Where's my Bible gone? (laughs) Can't find it. I think I left it at church. I'll get it next service. Don't even know where it is. Can be so distracted. Church, investing in real relationships, growing spiritually getting involved in church it's a novel idea how about we rise up we do something for jesus but we're distracted go to pastor bobby i really want to get involved what can i do to serve hey uh, we're looking at putting some more ushers on gonna need you to be in church though just every service you know maybe be a bit punctual can i rely on you oh yeah still want to make the all blacks though bro you're 40 Playing in the Masters. They're not calling you. I'm just on standby. 
I'm going to play on a Sunday, I'm going to train on a Wednesday night, but I want to be involved. What else can I do? Bro, you're distracted. Don't you see it? It's a lure. Clinging to these dreams, making the all blacks. The devil loves distraction because distraction is an enemy of discipleship. Can't make the prayer meeting, can't commit to church can't commit to ministry we come out with all these reasons but but let's just strip it back it's it's probably a distraction and i know that we kind of gloss it up we make it sound even sometimes spiritual honoring family or being a good employee and we we try to kind of justify it but sometimes let's just be honest we're talking about eternity we're talking about god's call we're talking about doing something for the king of kings. What's, what's a higher calling than that? A phrase we use sometimes in our church is, why stoop to be a king when you can be a disciple of Jesus? In other words, what is a higher call than doing something for God? For being in his house. You see these young people tonight, and Jade. Jade's young too. <laughs> see these young people tonight. <laughs> see these young people tonight performing in church what a privilege that's a privilege i don't know if you grasp that it is it's a privilege that is a higher privilege than anything else in this world doesn't have to be polished doesn't have to be the best performance ever you're doing it for god what an incredible call that would be i wonder how much time we waste though just on meaningless things distracted just think about your life just like the text message that you can get, the notification that you can get that tells you what you spend time on your phone doing, I wonder if just on this screen right now, it just displayed what you've done so far this year, 2021 is going to be my year. I'm going to be so disciplined, eh? Last year, I know I just fell off the rails, but this year is my year. I wonder though if it came up on the screen what you've been spending your time on, it really is your year. Looks like it's your year for sleeping. Yeah, I'm with you. I've been sleeping for 15 hours a day so far. Well, it's your year for eating by the looks of it. You've been eating out at Macca's every day. Minus three hours in Bible reading. It's like, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, forgetting scripture. It's going out of you instead of going into you. How are you spending your time? I wonder though, just how much time we waste on meaningless things, distracted. We could go down many paths tonight. We could talk about many different things, about what we can be distracted from. But I think there's three that I want us to consider as we begin to bring this to a spearhead and then a conclusion. Something that's really sad that we can get distracted from, that we need to avoid, no matter what lure is before us, No matter what tempts us, no matter how shiny, how glittery, no matter how good it looks, these three things we can't be distracted from. And the first one is Jesus. Do not get distracted from being with Jesus. But Jesus is omnipresent. He's everywhere. I would never get distracted. But you need to be intentional in investing in that relationship. Are you distracted from Jesus in Luke chapter 10 we know the story with Mary and Martha 
They're excited about having literally God in their living room. And here we are, we see this play out. Look at the scene. Martha, she's fixing some food in the kitchen for Jesus and her guests. That's a great thing. You ought to be hospitable, right? But there she is in the kitchen fixing some food for Jesus, which of course isn't bad, but her sister Mary chooses to sit at Jesus' feet, spending time with him, him intimately, listening to his words. Jesus said that she chose that which was better. I wonder if we're honest what we're doing. It isn't evil. It's not like we're out robbing banks. It isn't even sinful, but is it the best investment for our time? Here it is, Mary and Martha. Martha is not evil in the kitchen, fixing a meal for Jesus and the rest of the crew that's there. But Jesus identifies and says what Mary is doing by sitting at my feet, intentionally investing in her relationship with me, spending time with me. She has chosen that which is better. Again, I wonder what we're doing in our life. It's not sinful. It's not evil. But is it the best investment of our time? Think about that tonight. Because we are a generation obsessed with entertainment, but we are so ignorant to eternity we're obsessed with getting our fix with entertainment with getting our top up with our our feel-good moments but we are so ignorant to the reality that life is so short that it's slipping away before our very eyes and before we know it we're 85 years old looking back understanding that we just spent 20 percent of our life on our mobile phone 20 percent that's a lot that's gone. That's all you've got left. 20% of your life. It's a big chunk of time. We can be so ignorant to eternity when we are spiritual beings. Everything that we do should be with a spiritual, intentional focus. Distractions will steal from your soul the very power of God's word and his presence in your life. That's what happened with Martha. Martha. She's in proximity of Jesus, but she's removed from his word and his presence. I wonder tonight, if you're sitting in this room and you're in proximity of Jesus, but in your mind and in your heart, you're removed from the word and his true presence for you personally. He's here in our midst. Jesus is here tonight. But I wonder if as you sit there, you're fixing a meal in your mind elsewhere. Your heart is caught up in something else and you're missing out on being at the feet of Jesus. His word for you personally. His presence for you right now because you're distracted. Now there's nothing wrong with hobbies and outlets and even being successful in our careers but not at the cost of Jesus. Are you with me? Your hobby's fine. Your outlet, that's cool. Success in your career, that's great. But not if it costs you Jesus. I don't want the world if it's going to cost me Jesus. I don't want the money. I don't want the accolades. I don't want the fame. I don't want the promotion. I don't want to be the best in that field. If it's going to cost me Jesus, to, the, to hell with it. It's nothing. It's meaningless. 
Are we distracted tonight? Is our attention diverted from Jesus? Have we been lured? Have we been hooked by something tonight? We're not just chasing it, it's got us. We're hooked. It's reeling us in. It's only a matter of moments before we've got a knife stabbed in our gills. We're being filleted and gutted and thrown on a barbecue. We're we're just a couple of minutes off. Are you with me? We're being killed spiritually because we're hooked by something. Distractions entangle us. Listen, we can be so busy but so unproductive. Don't confuse your busyness with productivity. Don't confuse your religious behavior with spiritual progression. I'm praying the loudest. I'm sitting in the front row. I was there on outreach. But are you there? Or are you in the kitchen? you're You're just meters away from what God has for you, but you're distracted from Jesus. Listen, tonight we have to move our gaze back to him. We have to focus back on him. We have to get back to the heart of worship at the feet of Jesus. James tells us that when our focus is split, when we're double-minded, when we are distracted, we're unstable. Listen, distraction is dangerous and it's the enemy of your discipleship. Don't be distracted from Jesus. Something else that we can be distracted from that's sad is souls. Now, we can't ignore the priority of Jesus, but Jesus' first priority was souls. The souls of men and women. I know this church loves evangelism. That's a great thing. But we can sometimes be distracted at the great need to reach people with the hope of the gospel. People need hope today more than ever. Have you noticed how wrecked our world is? It is messed up. People are so confused about what the truth is. People are so confused about the future. They have no understanding of anything of substance. Our world is crying out for an answer. We have it. It's Jesus. Let's not be distracted and limited in our willingness to reach souls. One thing that that my pastor would always say is there are always people willing to pray right now. Like right now in Bean Lee, there are people ready and willing to pray a prayer of repentance and surrender their hearts to Jesus right now. But I need to intellectually reason with them and convince them of the reality of Jesus. No, you don't. They're ready already. You just simply need to go and have the confidence to share the truth. And let them know that there's hope for their soul, that they don't, they don't have to be destined for a devil's hell, that the addiction that they live with today can be broken, that their broken relationship can be restored, that their jacked up mind can be made renewed if they would give their life to Jesus. Their soul is precious to God. But we can be so distracted, can't we? Come on, don't let dinner tonight the smell of sausages and onions out the back. Don't let the sports game, busyness, distract you from the moments that God's putting on your heart to reach souls. 
Do you realize the only reason that you're left on earth after you pray a prayer of repentance and give your heart to Jesus is to reach souls? Only two things last for all of eternity, the souls of men and the word of God. That's the only two things that matter. And you take God's eternal word and you embed it into the soul of a man, and a, man or a man or a woman and they are saved for eternity. That's an incredible privilege that you've been given. That's not my duty, that's our duty. You're the pastor, you have to do that. No, we are all disciples. We are all called to take the message of hope into all the world. That's why you're still here tonight. That's why there's breath in your lungs. God saved you, he's forgiven you, he's equipping you to reach more souls. Let's fill heaven for Jesus, right? That's our duty, that's our calling. Let's not be distracted. We have to lay aside the weight of complacency. We have to deal with the weight of fear, pride, laziness, whatever it is, whatever lure is distracting you from souls. Recognize it, identify it and avoid it so that you can be effective for God's glory. The last one, and we'll close with this, is we can be distracted from our call. Our personal, individual, unique, specific, God-given calling, we can be distracted from that. Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has a specific plan for your life. Pastor Bobby, great offering tonight. I was stirred and encouraged as I even looked around at many young men and women that are here tonight, thinking the possibilities, the potential in this room, it is unlimited, it is incredible. I know where I came from. I know where Pastor Bobby came from. Pastor Ash is here tonight. He left school at 14 years old. 14 years old. He's a pastor today. The potential is incredible, but we can be distracted from our call. God has a specific plan for your life and as a disciple, you must pursue that. I thought my pastor was going to come over and just, you know, just come inside and help me discover it. He will but you need to show some initiative. You're a disciple, a man or woman of God that needs to stand up and say, I want to give myself to my call, to what it is that God has for me. I do not want to be distracted. I want to encourage you tonight, ask God to reveal and enable you in your calling. Contend for a broader vision for your life. Don't limit God. Your calling is not to sit on that chair and just simply warm it until Jesus comes back. You have a specific purpose in this church and when we all identify our specific call and pursue it and avoid distractions, the kingdom of God flourishes. There's great revival. Jesus is glorified. Souls are saved because every calling is always for the good of others and the glory of God. It's always to benefit our community and it's always to save souls. Don't be distracted. This is why the devil is distracting you. Because he knows that your calling, it is incredibly valuable to God, for God's glory. 
2 Kings 6 verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Listen, God wants to reveal things to you. God wants your eyes to be opened so that you can see the wonder and the glory and the splendor of your calling. But if you're going to see what God has for you, you're going to have to lay aside distractions. In John chapter 12, and we close with this, Jesus, he's riding into Jerusalem and the streets are lined with people who are crying out to Jesus in worship and they're saying, Hosanna, glory in the highest. This is what they're saying as Jesus is coming in. But the Bible says that there were some other people who were hiding that would not acknowledge Jesus because they loved the praise of men rather than the approval of the Lord. When I read that, I thought that is just like our culture and our society. So many people could be standing close to Jesus, experiencing his presence, giving glory to him through their life, but they hide behind other things because they would rather have the approval of people, the praise of people, than the praise of God. How sad that is. You see, sometimes, listen, when you give your all to Jesus, when you refuse to be distracted, when you turn down the invitations of the world, some people won't acknowledge you anymore. They won't praise you like they used to. Bro, you're the man. Sis, you're going to be a superstar, eh? Remember me when you make it. And you feel good about yourself because they're praising you. But now you don't pursue what they once gave you glory for. You pursue Jesus. You stand on the side of the road saying, glory in the highest. Jesus is my king. And now all of a sudden, they don't praise you anymore. Are you cool with that? Or do you need their praise to be satisfied? I want to ask you tonight, who or what are you living for? Are you living for an opportunity to glorify Jesus or the approval of people? If you want to know the answer, it's answered through this question. What is your heart and what has your attention? What occupies the bulk of your time? Because that will reveal to us the answer to that question. Who or what are you living for? What has your heart? What has your attention? What occupies the bulk of your time? Tonight, are you willing to lay down distractions? Are you willing to lay down the distractions of the world to avoid the lures and follow Jesus? Give yourself to his plan for your life with undivided attention? Don't be distracted. Don't be turned away. Can I say, young people, take this word seriously tonight. In five years, when, I, when I'm shredded and I've had a couple of girls, I'll be back, pastor. Just got to do my thing for a while. 
going to Gladstone. That's where, I'm, that's where the money is. Got, got my Maldi boys there too, you know. Going to do my thing. Don't be distracted, young people. The enemy is after your soul. This is more than just a simple lure to get you out of church. His plans to get you into hell. You need to recognize the wonderful opportunity that's before you to serve God. Come on, young people, you, you can change the world. There is endless opportunity. You can win souls and literally build the kingdom of God. If you'll live clean, come on, live clean. If you'll be teachable, if you'll embrace godliness, the sky's the limit. That's the only requirement here. We're not looking for your ability. We're just looking for your availability, for you willing to live clean. As a young person living clean, that's a powerful declaration to the world. Just be teachable. Just embrace godliness. Matthew 6, 33, it tells us, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness and all things will be added. There's a blessing when we live an undistracted life. There's a blessing when we are devoted to seek after God. Distraction is the enemy of discipleship. Tonight, we're going to identify the lures, we're going to avoid them, and we're going to step into the great plans of God, aren't we? That's what we're going to do right now. I want you to bow your heads as I pray for you. Father, tonight, minister and speak to every individual God. Help us to recognize and identify the lures that want to pull us away from the plans that you have for us. Break right now anything that is going to cause us to be hooked and killed spiritually. We know that the enemy of our discipleship is distraction. So tonight we posture our hearts and our lives willing to give ourselves to all that you have for us. Forgive us for seasons of distraction as we choose to make amends and course correct tonight. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here and you're not right with God. You're not saved. Maybe you're backslidden. You need to give your heart to God. You need to repent of your sin. You need to be born again. I want you to do something really quickly. Just put up your hand and put it back down. You know that you've been in sin and you want to repent tonight. Put it up. Put it back down. I see your hand. Anyone else? Come on tonight. Don't let things distract you from Jesus right now. He's trying to set you free. He's trying to move upon your heart to lead you towards your purpose. Don't be distracted tonight. I see your hand at the back. Anyone else? Just put up your hand. Say, I need forgiveness. I need the grace of God. I need to start afresh. I've been giving myself to things that are damaging, things that are going to stop me from fulfilling what God has for me. But tonight, I'm going to start afresh. I'm not going to be distracted any longer. I'm going to pursue what God has for me. I'm going to surrender my heart. That's you. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you. Just put up your hand. Put it back down. Come on, anyone at all. I see your hand. Anyone else? Thank you. I see your hand. Unsaved or backslidden, you want to get right with God. Just put it up. Put it back down. Thank you. Hands going up tonight. Praise God. Tonight, God wants to help us, church. And the devil is working overtime to distract you. Right now, I can, can easily identify with this ministry. 
your life is constantly being lived fighting distractions. A devil exposed is a devil defeated. In a moment, we're going to open this altar and you're going to be able to come and ask God to not just identify what is a distraction and a hindrance, but you're going to have an opportunity to recalibrate and reprioritize your life. To say, Jesus, you are number one in my life and I will not let anything distract me from being with you. There is nothing in this world more valuable than being with Jesus. Maybe you need to come before God and say, God, I haven't valued the call that you've placed on my life and I've put it on the back burner. God, I don't value souls, but tonight I'm going to give myself to these things. I'm not going to be distracted. I want my life to count. Those people that raise their hand, I want you to just come out of, the, out of your chairs and just stand here at the front at the stage. I'm going to pray with you. If you raise your hand, I want you to come. A couple of hands went up. Come, everyone's going to come in a minute. But I want you to come. A couple more hands went up. You're not coming. I don't want to have to come down there to you. Come on, just come out of your chair. Everyone's going to come in a minute. here at this altar tonight, just say this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask that you'd forgive me of my sin and I receive you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I forgive every person tonight who's ever hurt me and I forgive myself for the things I've done. Help me to live for you. Help me to push past distractions and thrive in the will that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. You can kneel down where you are and church, the rest of you, I want you to stand, come out of your chairs, find a place at this altar and don't go back to your chairs when you're finished praying. When you're ready to worship, I want you to stand where you are. We're going to fill this place with faith as we lift up our voices in worship. Don't stand until you're ready to resist every distraction. Don't stand until you've cut the line of every lure. Don't stand until you're ready for Jesus to be your all. Don't stand until you feel breakthrough. Don't stand until you're ready to move into the call and the will that God has for you. You take all the time you need. As the Holy Spirit identifies distractions right now, choose to break it off your life. Choose to cut the line and leave it to float away in the waters. It could be a relationship that's detrimental to you spiritually. You need to cut the line. It could be a job that's causing you constantly to go down paths of unrighteousness. Can I say God will get you a new job? He is Jehovah Jireh. Cut the line. It could be people that you hang around. Their words are constantly causing you to doubt God. Their gossip, their slander is always causing you to look at people negatively. Can I say either have a tough conversation with those individuals or... 
cut the line. I know that sounds confronting, but your soul is at stake. The devil, he will do whatever he can to hook you. Come on, the Holy Spirit's right now identifying it in people's lives. Come on, you're a disciple. You're a, you're a pupil. You're a follower of Jesus. It is an incredibly high calling. There is nothing in this world more valuable than what God has for you. There is no money. There is no career. You could be the captain of the All Blacks outside of God's will. Have stadiums calling your name, but heaven doesn't know you. What's your priority tonight? I'd rather my name be in heaven, being a janitor on earth, than be the king of earth and not be known in heaven. Don't let things distract you tonight. God wants to bless your life. That lure, it's death. Come on, cut it off. Be free tonight. Be blessed tonight. Be prosperous tonight. Jesus, fill our hearts. Fill our hearts, Jesus. Fill our hearts, Jesus. Now search the world. It could fill me. As empty parades, treasures of faith are never enough. You came along and put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Better than you, Lord, there's nothing.